Hour of Devastation is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. If you like what you hear and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com slash hour of devastation. A pledge to start from as little as one dollar. Thanks. Welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Cavern podcast where we talk all things Magic the Cavern. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm feeling a lot better. Good. But a lot more existential dread, so it's a nice trade-off. Join you on that one, I think, this week. Yeah. It's uh it's a time in the world. And everyone's scared. But there's still lots of magic the gathering to talk about, so that's something. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, I mean, we did touch on it a bit last week, but even now, like a week on, things have changed dramatically, I think. Yeah, they really have. They really have. Um, it's uh, st- stay inside. S- stay in your goddamn house unless you need to go to work or need to go and like pick up food and prescriptions. That's it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, don't make any trips you don't have to make. Yep. Um, if you have any of the symptoms of, of coronavirus COVID-19 at all just yeah stay at home stay in they're putting the uh, the vintage cube up on magic online so go go play that go enjoy that use your time well I'm kind of annoyed that I, I still have to work because that means less vintage cube time yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be trying to make the most of that word up I think my, my current situation is I'm somewhere in between self-isolating and, and working from home mm-hmm. um so I, I won't be going to work from tomorrow for the foreseeable future. I don't know what that means currently, how long that is, if I get paid, how much I get paid. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it, it one of those things. So I work for quite a, a large company that has a an awesome, fun, bureaucratic structure where <laughs> <laughs> they just sort of dish all of the information out across all the different levels as and when they feel like it. So yep. it's just kind of like an ongoing situation. I know I'm not going to be in the office. I'm going to be at home. Who knows what I'll be doing? Probably just vintage cube. But yes. at least, at least you know, I've got that peace of mind knowing that I don't have to make any trips outside of the house that are completely unnecessary now. Yeah, you can just stay inside. And again, I would advise that everyone else stays inside as much as they can. Please don't go outside. There's lots of things to do in your house because the internet is a wonderful invention. Yeah, I think it's it's just kind of occurred to me as well, while we're saying all of these things, by the time this goes out, it could be in a completely different situation as well. Like Everything's yep. just moving so fast as we go we go day to day. Yeah. Uh, I feel like some governments are taking it a lot more seriously than other governments. I wish ours would just, just put the country on lockdown and pay the people. Like, universal basic income now, please. Yes, uh, I think yeah. we can all hope for that. But I mean, regardless of how the situation is, whenever this episode comes out, stay in your house, please. Just just stay in the house. And if you need to go to work, which is fine, but also take precautions and wash your hands and don't touch anyone and stay away from everything. And then go back to your house and wash your hands and probably shower and wash all your clothes and then stay in your house. But if you do Agreed. need to go out, <laughs> if, you do, if you do need to go out, be as safe as you can, uh, I would... Massively recommend going to uh, Chinese supermarkets if you have one close to you, because people are still hella racist and aren't going to Chinese supermarkets, and they have loads of food, and are also, I guess, struggling as much as anyone else at the moment. So they would appreciate your custom, yeah. If if you can get there, and they have loads of stuff. I went there at the weekend and bought loads of noodles and rice and frozen vegetables and tofu. So yeah, agree. They seem to have a lot of stock still. If you're not showing any symptoms and you are able to get to uh, a, a Chinese supermarket without coming into contact with too many people, then would fully recommend that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, show some support there. Also, if your local game store has an online presence, 100% recommend supporting them that way. Uh, it's I think it's just going to be a really tough time for game stores throughout the world. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously that's going to differ country to country, but I think the UK in particular, I, th- I think we're probably going to see a few game stores sort of close their doors over the next coming months and... That's always terrible to see that. Uh, and I think whatever you can do, I think it'll just be greatly appreciated. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a scary time to be working for a game store, um, and to I mean to have any job related to magic really. And there was obviously a lot of you know judges and and people that, that put on events and stuff that are obviously out of, out of a lot of work at the minute. But yeah, if you 
if your local game store does have an online presence, maybe if you know you're still getting paid for for the time that you you, you have at the moment, then use some of that money to give to your to a game store because you're probably saving quite a bit, right? Not going out as much, not doing as many things, probably not even going to like you know you, you shouldn't be going to F and M and stuff like that. So maybe use some of that money to just buy some cards, some sleeves, some board games, whatever. If your if your local game store has a website, I would massively recommend buying some stuff because they're all having a very hard time, and I know that firsthand. <laughs> um, but yeah, any 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 money you can give to that to that, and I know there's a lot of um, a lot of people are raising money for for judges who are currently out of work, and you know event staff that are currently out of work and everything like that. So if there's any causes that you see that that you, you would like to donate money to, I would massively recommend that if you have the spare income currently. Um, it's a horrible time for everyone. It is. It's it's a difficult time, but it's it's certainly in times like these we gotta we gotta stick together, and yeah, support each other take advantage yeah. of that that gathering part of magic the gathering while we might not be able to physically gather certainly we can we can build on the connections we've made through the game and really sort of support each other um yeah just just do what you can and i'm sure those in the magic community that can will do for you as well yes definitely uh magic online is great magic arena is great magic arena is great and free yeah uh, you can play magic over skype with your cards and stuff like that yeah uh, just it's you know it, it sucks, but um, please please stay in your house. I don't know how many times I can say that, but it, it seems like it's still not getting through to some people. Um, it's just it's incredibly important because it doesn't matter whether you think you care if you get it or you think that you'll be okay if you get it or whatever. It's all the people that you might potentially come into contact with or you know you touch something and you have you know and some people don't, they don't show symptoms they just carry can carry. Um, the virus and if you touch something and then someone else touched it and they get ill they could be a lot less healthy than you so um just go about your day as if you have it and you're trying not to spread it more than you're trying not to get it i think it's the best advice yeah i would agree so that's our <laughs> coronavirus yeah doom and gloom psas uh all done for this week i mean i'm sure i'm sure we'll have much worse news for you next week <laughs> <laughs> things continue the way they are Yes, but it it is real. It's out there. It is affecting things. Uh, even even a Corey pre-release. That's something that we've seen. Yeah, let's let's do a really like sort of casual and and smooth transition into talking about magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, one of the measures that we've seen um, sort of come out in the news the past couple of days is that obviously Magic the Gathering is a social game, and Watsy have decided they're going to make some accommodations for players and retailers. Uh, in the light of the outbreak of COVID-19. So Ikoria Lair Behemoths is set to come out soon, with a pre-release fairly soon. I mean, spoilers start next week, I think, for it. Mm -hmm. So probably about two weeks' time is when the pre-release should be, by the time this this comes out. Yep. We've got a pre-release scheduled for April 17th to 19th. So they're doing something a bit different for this pre-release. So what they're doing is, this time they are allowing you to, to turn up to your store... You can buy a pre-release pack, and then you can leave, you can go home, and you can play with those cards at home, and you can register in a special at-home pre-release event. Yes. I mean, that was a couple of days ago when they announced that, Yeah. and given the current situation, I would recommend not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Do not leave your house and go to a game store, especially when there might be a lot of other people there, uh, which sucks. I want them to just delay it, or just yeah, say same. it's off until you know whenever just delay everything until it gets better you know yeah because um, doing that I, I appreciate it was a good measure at the time and, and I you know try and get, to get people not to be in in large social situations but leaving the house in any respect even just to turn up for 10 minutes to buy something is um not advisable I mean again it might be a case of like if they still want to go ahead with when the pre-release is that maybe game stores will be able to post pre-release kits to people if they're interested in that um, potentially which is maybe a measure yeah. they could go for yeah, which, which would work the same I guess but um, yeah I don't think this is a measure that they should continue with I kind of just want them to call everything off and it sucks and like you know they're going to lose money game stores are going to lose money a lot of people are going to lose money because of it but you just need to call everything off because if you cancel everything then there's less of a chance that people are going to go out and get into social situations yeah for sure i think i think one of the problems they have is is being a so you know a multinational global company is that when they do make announcements they are sort of blanket announcements that apply to everybody but yeah i think mm-hmm. you're right in these situations especially in the uk currently i would not recommend going to a pre-release uh, yes like you said even if it's just to pop in and buy your pack yes uh, i just i wouldn't risk it however 
that may be different, maybe different scenarios in, in other countries on, around the world. So I think that that advice may may still apply there. I don't know. It's it's very it's very sort of you have to monitor the situation as it as it is is currently ongoing. Yep. Yeah. You you're right. I think I think you're probably just right. They probably just need to cancel pre-release, which is a, a real shame, but they probably what, what just can need you to... do. It's it's a, it's a global pandemic. Yeah, exactly. But this is the thing is it's an unprecedented situation. You yeah. just need to push like it sucks a lot for a lot of reasons, but you just need to push everything for an indefinite amount of time. Just no magic cards come out, no, no new sets come out, nothing happens until some semblance of sanity returns to yeah. the world, I guess. Like, it's just, it's not worth potentially taking that risk or, like, other people feeling left out because they can't get those kind of things. And, like, I mean, to be fair, even on, like, a base level, like, releasing new cards and altering metagames for people that can afford to grind Modo and Arena and, and play in the big tournaments, like, that doesn't seem good when the rest of us are left out. Yeah. And there's agreed. some people that can't that can't do those things, can't acquire, you know, those cards online or whatever. Like, it... It's a whole mess that can be avoided, I guess. Um, I, I, I think they should just postpone everything indefinitely until <laughs> things get less horrid. Yeah, I think you're right. More events on Arena, maybe. Maybe, like, see if they can... I don't know, I was going to say, maybe even see if they can hurry up with getting, like, this, this Arena cube on Arena. But even then, no, like... The people who work for Wizards of the Coast probably shouldn't be going to work either. They should probably just no, stay exactly. home too. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like everything just needs to be perspective. Like do the little things that you can. Put up, you know, put up the vintage cube. That's great. Put up a put up a cube on 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 arena. Try try an exploit like that if you can. Like obviously, yeah, like you said, like people have to work to do that. So then being in an office is probably not a good idea. But uh, if they can do this, just like you know stuff that's already on uh, either Magic Online or Arena, just put it up if you can because people are going to have a lot more time on their hands. And you'll still make a lot of money if you like. They're going to make a lot of money of putting a vintage cube up. Yeah, people are going to buy a lot of ticks and go draft it a lot. So it's all that they need to do, really. And it, it's it's crappy for a lot a lot of reasons. But man, it's really hard to like. Wow, what what a cheery episode! <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to like have a nice positive podcast when all this stuff's going on. Yeah, it, it is, isn't it? Yeah, I, mean, I don't think we're that. gonna we're gonna. We're going to try our best and, and persevere, yeah. but we, I mean, there was a lot of news in the past week, I think, uh, a lot of big news involving the virus and the cancellation of events and moving of events and postponing of events, but there were also some, some pretty interesting product announcements too. Oh yeah, right, let's move away from the, the horrible doom and gloom, and yeah. we, we'll try not to mention it again until the end. Let's and... get get away from the, the doom and gloom that we can't avoid. Yeah, let's, it's hot take time. I've got a fever, and the only cure is is hot takes. I don't have a fever. I'm okay. <laughs> That's so bad. Wait, you've got a fever, and the only the only cure is hot takes. Yeah. Do you understand what a fever is? <laughs> Not in my fevered state. No. A fever. <laughs> Are you having fevered visions? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay. yeah, so let's let's. let's uh, <laughs> Let's just get into it. So, yes. Friday the 13th of March. What a, what a great day that was. Perfect was timing, right? So, uh, yeah, I didn't really think about it being Friday the 13th. Well, yeah, Friday the 13th. Out of nowhere, Telerian Community College posted up a video saying uh, there is two new products, so two new product announcements. One of them is the, uh, the signature spellbook, Chandra, which looks awesome. We'll, we'll go into that in a bit, I think. Because I think that product looks amazing, uh, and the other one was a reprint of Fetchlands. I mean, finally, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but um, out of the blue, <laughs> here's the YouTube title: reprint Fetchlands, and then we get to to watch this this cool video. Uh, admittedly, it was it was a great video that the professor put out. It was a cool bit with the the Chandra announcement. Christine Sprankle returning to Magic YouTube, cosplaying Chandra looked sweet. And then we had the second part of that video, which uh, Blake Rasmussen from Wizards of the Coast was there to to show off Fetchlands. And it's another week, and it's another secret lair. I mean, I think we probably could have predicted this. We did predict this a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, my exact prediction was that there would be secret lair Fetchlands when Zendikar Rising was going to come out. But <laughs> nope, I guess, I guess they just couldn't wait, could they? 
uh, expedite it, get it as, <laughs> as soon as possible, I guess. Yeah. Just try and get all the money you can. I mean, it's to be fair, we, we like can't this. have a week without a secret layer announcement, yeah. at least. Like. I mean, to be fair, it's something I've just thought of. Maybe they were kind of worried about losing money over this whole period and maybe just try to get out, you know, announce it as soon as possible. Though. I don't based, think so, because the. Yeah. Like, the videos take time to make and edit and produce, and obviously it wasn't just like. It wasn't just them giving the professor some information and he read it and you know, he can read out the information. It was, well, Blake had to travel there from Seattle uh, at a time where traveling is probably quite difficult and yeah, film the video and, and then edit it and post and yeah. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't think it was rushed. I think, I think they, they just went ahead and did it, announced it. They just want to make as much money as possible. As fast as possible, yeah. Yeah. But it's just that's the thing, like, because we were joking before about, oh, there's been so many secret layers and they they can't stop printing secret layers, and oh my god, it's like there's been a secret layer every week, and now there is a secret layer every week, and it's like, did they not? Were they not aware of the community chatter and things going on on Twitter and in podcasts and videos and stuff about how bored people were with secret layers? Was that not something that had crossed their mind before they started doing like all the things that people have been parod- parodying for ages? I think the the issue is like yes everybody has all of these feelings that are perfectly valid feelings about secret layers but at the same time everybody is buying them like 100% buying them I yeah think, I think if you look at that you know it's not sure it's not something that I have access to but they certainly have access to their their sales data and I can I can almost guarantee you that sales data is going to look fantastic for secret layers so I think it's a combination of that Plus, this is what they said. Like I'd said you know, the other week when we were talking about secret layers, like this, this is what their their vision for secret layers were. It's it's a a new exciting way they can they can test products out on on a market. Yeah. So they can try different things. They can do things differently. Every single secret layer that we've had has been done differently, and and here's just another one. I mean, this one's being done slightly differently, right? It is, yeah. So I guess we'll we'll get into it. But I I, th- I think this this could just be the year where we see, maybe we see, twenty secret layers in total this year, and by the end of the year they'll have their exact data that they need to see right which ones work and which ones don't. We'll go forward to the ones that do work, the ones we don't that don't. We'll scrap them. Do you it's, remember? It's it's like beta testing to a live market. That's all it is. Yeah, do you remember a few months ago when we were like, oh, this this secret air thing, it seems cool. It's kind of crappy for game stores, but it seems really cool. I'm really excited about this. Do you remember those times? Yeah, like... <laughs> where the, where the, the, mention, the mention of the word secret air didn't make you shudder and cringe. Yeah. That was a good it's time. Been, it's been less than 90 days since the first secret air came out. <laughs> <laughs> and this oh is the God. sixth one? I think so. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds right. I think so. Uh, we had the, we had the the initial one with like the five, the, say five drops. It wasn't. It was seven. The initial one with seven different drops, and then we had, year of the rat, and then we had, uh, the Theros gods, and then we had, International Women's Day, and then we had Dahlia, and now yeah, this is the the sixth one. Uh, yeah, um. Cool. Yeah. Not Very even a cool. quarter of the way into the air. Uh, it's, it's so <laughs> stupid. I mean, this thing is like, like, oh yeah, we're reprinting Fetchlands. And then you're like, you're not really reprinting Fetchlands. Because these don't actually, like, these aren't, a lot of these aren't going to get into the hands of actual players. No, not at all. So, this is, yep, it's a secret lair. However, this is, this is different. This is the secret lair ultimate edition. Uh, as Wizards say in their lovely article, it's Coming to a store near you, Secret Lair Ultimate Edition is making fetch happen. That's a, I hate that very much. Yeah, don't you just kind of feel a bit sick in your mouth when you read that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. There was another. There was another tweet that they they made where they made like an OK Boomer joke. Yeah, and I just think whoever's in charge of Magic Social Media needs uh, needs their computer taking away, <laughs> really, because some of the things they've been tweeting and, and posting recently have just been like, oh, you, you, that's not it. That's definitely not it. <laughs> this ain't this ain't it, it's cheap. Wow. They, uh, they say 
Yes. You couldn't you couldn't have stumbled through that more. No, I could not. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, this secret lair will be sold in stores. So it's a set that is going to be available to every WPN location, which I think is fantastic that they've they've made it available to all WPN stores and not just premium stores. I think that would have been a, a real kicker. Um, yeah, I guess a side tangent. I, I did recently find out that uh, so there is a store in the northeast that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name names in case anybody involved anywhere within the WPN program is listening, but uh, there is a store in the northeast that absolutely does qualify for WPN premium status on every front, except for their carpets. Their carpets? Yeah, they've been told that that they need to replace their carpets. For what? And until they, until they replace their carpets, they cannot be granted a WPN premium status. It have their carpets got like turds and vomit all over them? No. Crime scene? No. Are they not carpets? They're just like a bare concrete floor with carpet drawn on. They just they just don't appreciate the aesthetic, I guess. But like, are they like filthy carpets that like you know game stores have kind of horrible carpets because they've got a lot of foot traffic and no, you know, people th- wearing this, shoes all the time. This store was one of the first Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh tournament centers in the country, one of the first and only. We- as well, so it's it's a premium store for other games. Other games think it's acceptable, <laughs> and they they constantly uh, put on on events for every game, and yeah. But no, apparently the carpets, the carpets, they need new carpets. That's absurd. Yeah. So just a small t- side tangent <laughs> there that <laughs> hopefully you can, take, you can take away something about my feelings towards the uh, the WPN. Wait, do they... Do the carpets have, like, swastikas on? Nope. Do they have, like, Pokeballs on? Because, you know, it's not a wizard's property anymore, so that might kind of create some tension. No. Um, do it say, like, F wizards on it? Nope. Cool, so they're just being assholes, so that's fine. I don't want to say that, but it sounds like they're kind of just being assholes about it. <laughs> that seems completely unnecessary. Yeah. Cool. All right. I mean, how many how many um, premium stores are there in the country? Like, not that many. I don't know. I think I, I think it's ten. It's so hard to it's, qualify. It's for very difficult. It's very difficult to find an exact list as well. Uh, they don't make <laughs> they don't make the data easy to see. But um, that, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. It's difficult, and you do have to jump through all of the hoops. And if you don't jump through every single hoop, then yeah, yeah. carpets. You know that thing that really enhances your your play experience. I often just when I'm playing Magic, think about what's under my feet as I'm playing. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's not <laughs> like they were host to the largest Pokemon pre-release of all time. Yeah, but I I remember that 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 pre-release and and just online it was just people complaining about how awful the carpet was and how much they hated it and how they'd never play Pokemon again because they hated looking at the carpet. I remember that. That's definitely a thing that happened. Yes. Anyway, (laughs) let's get back on track. So, yes, yes, Secret Lair Ultimate Edition will be available for all WPN stores. However, there are only 10 on average. They've they've said said on average it'll be about 10 per store. So, essentially, this is going to be like a From the Vault product where... It's super limited. It's going to be more like one of the early From the Vault products where it was it was incredibly limited. So it wasn't something like From the Vault Law. By the time they sort of wrapped the From the Vault series up, most stores were able to get a, a decent amount and it wasn't a case where oh, you had to go and line up at your, <laughs> your LGS in the morning or, or pre-order them to guarantee you one. This is more like the early ones where it was like, you know, 90% of them are going to go to staff anyway, so you're never going to get your hands on it. I mean, I, I hadn't actually thought about yeah. that. When all this dust settles, I will be one of the first to get refusal on Secret Lair. Yeah, out. absolutely. So, yeah, there should be about 10 per store. <laughs> but what is exactly in Secret Lair Ultimate Edition? I mean, this is the, this is the sticking point. Where I'm like, I don't know, outside of, like, Wales, essentially... The the term for people with lots of money, not the country, or the animal. Uh, who is actually gonna buy this? Because okay, we'll go through what's in it, and then I'll then I'll I'll talk about my quibbles. Yeah. So in this is uh, Marsh Flats, Scaldentarn, Verdant Catacombs, Arid Mesa, and Mystery Mystery Misty Rainforest. Mystery Rainforest. They got those boosties on my, my favorite mind. rainforest. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll talk yeah. about those in a bit. So it's one of each of the enemy fetch lands. Uh, this time they've been given a really nice art treatment. So they've got some of Magic's most loved artists. Um, I have some quibbles about that yeah. also, but please continue. So some of Magic's most loved artists. Uh, they've each done their own take on a plane. So each each card has a different plane art. Uh, Marsh Flats has Lorwyn. Skaldentarn has Dominaria. Uh, Verdun Catacombs has Innistrad. Arid Mesa has Armanket. And Mr. Uane Forest has Ixalan. Uh, Alright. So, so the art on these, the art on these cards. I, li- I like the, you know, the, the lore aspect. Um, I'm now looking them up on, on, on the internet and I've just seen the article that's entitled Making Fetch Happen and I've got angry all over <laughs> again. So, I do have some some kind of qualms. Yeah. And I guess it's kind of my problem, but like, I think at this point, because these are the enemy fetchlands, they, they're they kind of iconic at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And they are. And when they're given new art, so like, the Marsh Flats is really, really nice. Yeah. Yeah, Elena Dunn has just done an incredible job on the Marsh Flats. I yeah. think it, it looks like Lorwyn. You can tell it's, it's Lorwyn. I... Yeah, and it looks like Marsh Flats. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which is great. Um, Vernon Catacombs, is nice. Yeah, Sam Burley has done a fantastic job on on Verdant Catacombs. It's yep. it's clearly in a strad because oh look, there's the symbol of Avison's Church. Yes, and Mister Own Forest also looks great. It looks like obviously Seb McKinnon's going to kill it on the art yeah. every time, but it kind of looks like old art. Like it reminds me of like floodplain and stuff like that. It reminds me very like, much of, uh, of like Rob, Alex- Rob Alexander's Polluted Delta or like Flooded Strand. Like the onslaught flood as yeah, well. Like that kind of style. Which I really like. I do think it I do think that it really suits this card here. Like those sort of like muted yeah. colours. I'm, I'm a big fan of those. Um Arid Mesa and Scalding Tarn, they kind of just look like generic jewel lands that you'd have in like a draft set. They kind of yeah. just like like Stone Quarry or so Ar- like Highland Lake. Arid Mesa is is done by John Avon, which as a piece of art, it's fantastic. John Avon always knocks it out of the park. He's, he's a fantastic artist. Everyone loves John Avon's land arts. But I, I think I do agree with you on this one. I think it's it's quite clear that this is Armanket. But I don't know if it looks much like an Arid Mesa. No, it just it kind of looks like slush art they had for like some random tap lands from a standard yeah. set, honestly. And like it's it's well done art and it's, you know. Uh, same with um, is it Adam Paquette who did yeah, that Yeah, Adam Paquette did, did Scaldentarn. I, I have a, a bit of a different issue about Scaldentarn, but yes, sure, yeah. Again, Adam Paquette's done a fantastic piece of art there. I, I think the art for that one kind of looks, or at least reminds me of like an expedition. It's 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 I like mean, it's like they've taken like they've cut a square of like expedition art out and then stuck it in like a regular card. Yeah. Um, I mean, also Vernon Catacombs kind of looks just like it would be called Foul Orchard, you know? Yeah. Um, just, it doesn't look as, I don't know, it sounds weird, but it doesn't look as grand as I feel like Fetchlands should yeah. look. And to be fair, if you actually look at the original, like, enemy Fetchlands, and I mean the the original uh, allied Fetchlands, and even the kinds of Tarkir ones, they're not like, they don't look like they're iconic art, but I think I've just gotten so used to them that these just look kind of disappointing, apart from uh, the Misty and the Marsh Flats. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like the Vernon Catacombs, but... At the same yeah. time, that could easily say overgrown tomb. Yeah, it, it looks like an yeah. overgrown tomb, and especially considering I assume that's Avison's symbol on a gravestone, right? That is Avison's symbol, assume. the symbol of a church on a gravestone, next to uh, yeah, yeah, next to some catacombs, which yeah, which are overgrown with vines. So yeah, it could it could quite easily have been an overgrown tomb. Yeah, I don't know what I was expecting. I mean, to be fair, like the the kinds of Tarkir fetch lands, they're just sort of like generic. Like landscapes, I guess as well. Yeah, they've. I mean, they've. They've all got a, got a dead dragon in at least. That's pretty cool. But these are still very nice, and um, it's. I guess it's. It's still, regardless whether we like the art or not, it's still nice to see fetchlands with new art after all. Yeah, the time. absolutely. I. Uh, so I guess my issues with Scotland Tarn are that yes, uh, it, it just reminds me of like they've taken a chunk or a square out of a, a um, expedition art and just put that in the frame. I also did not like the way that it was revealed as well. His, his video with, with, with Blake, the professor, is guessing the guessing all of the different planes, and he has a look, and he's like, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to guess that's uh, that's a volcano on, 
on Dominaria. Like, you know, could it be Shiv on, on Dominaria? And I mean... It's, it's Yeah, it, it could be. It could be. So... I mean, that could be any plane. It could plane. be any plane, but I think... I it think also the, the looks kind of like Cascade Bluffs. Yeah, totally. I think the bit that annoyed me specifically was that, that Blake went, yes, it is, that's Shiv, Magic's most famous volcano. Not like Valakut. Well, Valakut, you know, it can't be a famous volcano because it's not legendary. No. So, no, it's golden tarn. And it's, I mean, it's cool if, if that is if that is Shiv, if that is the volcano of Shiv, where, you know, where Shiv and Dragon lives, the Shiv and Dragon go and, go and nest, that's cool, but you would think that 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 Shiv volcano would be represented in a bit more of an interesting way. Not just like random volcano lava yeah. flows with some steam coming yeah. off it. I mean, this could be it a could steam be a steam pencil. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that's the thing like you look at Marsh Flats and it's like obviously yeah. Lorwyn mainly because of the, the style and like you know the sort of Lorwyn's one of the main planes that, that has like quite well represented like vast sweeping planes more than yeah, anything else totally. um, the Catacombs is like is, is obviously very much on Innistrad because of Everson's symbol and the Mystery Empress is very obvious on Ixland because of that like the sort jade of, statue in the background yeah yeah yeah, yeah obviously um, whereas like yeah Iron Maester is just like that could be any plane, really. Uh, it's definitely Armenkhet because it's got the it's got the pyramids. Yeah, it's got the, I guess the bolus's obelisks. But yeah, I don't think I don't oh, think it true, looks yeah. like it. Certainly looks arid, but I don't think it looks like a mesa specifically. <laughs> I just think I think the original arid mesa art is so it good. It could have been desert. But it could have been you know they could have reprinted desert, and that could be the new art for it. Yeah. Man, we're gonna we're gonna spend a lot of this podcast just crapping on people's art. Aren't we? I mean, it's it's not the art. Like the art itself is great. It's fantastic as a piece of art. It's just the context mm. in which it's being used that I don't necessarily agree with. Yeah, I suppose I suppose that's fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, so do you want to move on to why we don't like this drop as a yeah, whole? Yeah. So, other than the fact that you're only going to get ten per store, roughly, so that's going to be like two and a half play sets of each card per store. Uh, this comes at a high price, at a, a very high price. So we, obviously we've seen secret layers uh, vary in price from twenty nine ninety nine all the way to like fifty nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. However, this one is it has no MSRP. However, they expect it to retail for a little more than one hundred and sixty five dollars. That annoys me so yeah. much. A little more. A little more than $165. Yeah. And it's still sort of like an arbitrary number anyway. Yeah. I. It's it's annoying. It is. It's, it's really frustrating in, in multiple ways, I think, because that is a lot of money. That is a lot more than any of the previous secret layers. That is also more money than they've been selling the bundles for. Like, you could, you could get the bundle of every Theros God for $150. Yep. Whereas these five I mean, cards are going to be a little more than $15 more than that. I mean, to be fair, in terms of getting one of each enemy fetch land, it's actually a reasonable well, that price. Was, that was the other point I was going to, I was about to make as well, is, is mm-hmm. that as a standalone product, it's outrageously expensive. But at the same time, it is also a fantastic deal. If you were to buy one of each enemy fetch land now, it's going to cost you a lot more than $165. No, that's true. But I mean, this is the thing. So this is going to move on to, I guess, I don't really understand who's going to buy this product outside of like you know collectors and people that want to spec on them and sit on them. Yeah. It, it's like one of each fetch land. Like, so commander players who would want one of each fetch land, I guess, for decks aren't going to just spend $165 for a card that doesn't actually do anything in their deck. Unless it's, yeah. like, you know, a, a land-based deck. And, like, constructor players, like, you know, modern and legacy and vintage players, either already have the fetch lands they need, or in order to get sets of them, would need to buy four of these. And that's... that's yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, over $600. <laughs> and it's also going to be impossible, because when you, where are you going to get four from? Unless you know, you know, you have good good connections with four different LGSs. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just... It's, yeah. A strange, it's a strange thing to to do i guess like i feel like the the vast majority of players who would be interested in this that also have the money to spend on these currently already have enemy fetch lands yeah 
so like I can so this this is this is that thing that always gets to me about about secret layers secret layers as this you know DLC IRL cosmetic item for magic cards that's absolutely fine that's that's it's it's totally fine to have that it's cool to have that you can use whichever versions of the card you want to make your deck look how you want you want to use masterpieces go ahead you can do that there are options there it's cool to have, how to have options i think that's absolutely fine when most players have reasonable access to the just you know the standard base product product of those cards anyway but something like these enemy vetchlands players can't afford enemy like the average player can't afford a place that of, of scalding torn so i feel like just printing the these like you know, super cool premium versions of of Scald and Tarn is it's just kind of insulting to the players that don't have access to them, it, that need yeah. them. Yeah, I, I I don't know. It's just a a weird a weird product, and I think they were kind of hoping that the the hype of actually finally reprinting Enemy Fetchlands for the first time in three years. When was Masters three? Yes, twenty seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. But. That, that hype would sort of carry them to be popular, I guess, and get people excited and potentially sell them. But it's just like, this isn't the reprint we wanted. When people were saying reprint Fetchlands, you know, when people like Pleasant Kenobi have spent the last 12 months saying reprint Fetchlands every day, <laughs> this isn't what he meant, <laughs> you know? This yeah. isn't what we wanted. And, like, they have said that they're going to reprint them properly, right? Uh, yes and no. Mm-hmm. So there are, there are two different ways that you can get these as well. So while the vast majority of them will go through out through WFN stores, there's going to be another opportunity to pick them up. Uh, the week after they go on sale at WFN stores, they'll be running a secret lair super drop, uh, much like they did in December. So the, the, the very first wave that they did, where they had seven different ones, they're going to run a very similar thing in May, I think, or it'll be June at that point, yeah, in June. Uh, so they said they're going to share some more information about the, all of the drops closer to June. But if you purchase the bundle of drops in June, you'll receive one random fetch land for each bundle you purchase. So that is another way that you can get them. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And then they've also said that they won't be entering standard in 2020. Yep. They just said that straight up in the article. They've put that rumour to rest. So they will not be printed in standard in 2020. However, they have said there will be another way to pick up some stylized versions of Fetchlands later this year that will also be in your local game store. So that essentially means Commander Legends? Either Commander Legends or some kind of tie-in with um, with Zendikar. Like some kind of yeah. other product that comes out at the same time as Zendikar, right? Like, obviously it won't be... I mean, it might be in the packs in the same way that Expedition... It might be Expeditions again. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, now that I've... Be. Now that because because it, it says it says, yeah... There will be another way to pick up some stylized versions of fetch lines. Yeah, stylized, yeah. Later this year, we'll also be in your local game store. And they said they will not be entering standard in 2020. They haven't said they're going to be. They're not going to be in Zendikar Horizon packs. Yeah. They just said they're not going to be in standard. It's, I I fully think it's going to be expeditions. Again. Yeah, it'll just be it'll be Return of the Masterpiece series because they haven't done that in um, a, a long time now. Um, yeah. Then yeah, it'll just be the expeditions again, and it'll probably just be the same arts, and it'll probably be the same symbol. They'll probably just re- reprint yeah. these, fe- which kind of feels bad if they do, because I was kind of treating masterpieces as essentially reserveless cards. Yeah. Because the you know their their ability to reprint like you know a, a masterpiece Chalice of the Void or like an Invocation Thoughtseize is uh, hard, <laughs> um, but. I guess they're going to do it again. It's what it sounds like to me, now that I've thought about it a bit yeah, longer. Yeah, that's, that's what I think is going to be. I think it, it's either going to be you know, straight up return to expeditions, uh, or it's going to be something something similar to like the like the Hidden Treasures thing, where potentially you could get you can get a masterpiece, so whether that be an expedition, an invocation, or an invention in Zendikar Horizon packs, maybe that'll be a thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah they're super stylized. Yeah, which was one of my my cold shots a, a couple of weeks ago now, that they would return to um, to hidden treasures in one way or another in Zendikar. Uh, I mean, all cold shots are right eventually, right? <laughs> uh, maybe yeah. <laughs> you live 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 long enough to see them come true. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously no confirmation at this point. But I I absolutely think that uh, that it's gonna be it's gonna be expeditions either as just regular expeditions in the set. 
or some sort of hidden treasure where the series will be you can get any masterpiece card in a pack of, of Zendikar Horizon. Yeah. Sure. That sounds... Maybe they'll be in collector boosters. So they're not reprinting Fetchlands. Yeah, maybe they'll be in collector boosters. That's interesting. But yeah, they're basically not reprinting Fetchlands. Because what, what we need, like, even the Masters reprint wasn't that useful. It was useful for about three months, and then they just went back up. And they're, yeah. you know, now higher than they were before the reprint. Um, which kind of sucks. I wish they'd just put them in a standard set. Yeah. Or a standard a standard booster priced set, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's that's how you, you solve the problem of fetch lands being too expensive, is you put them in either a standard set or a standard price set. Uh, a standard set, I absolutely think they could have been in, in Zendikar Horizon. There's no reason why they, they couldn't have. They're, they don't uh, want them in apart standard. From Pi- apart from Pioneer. I, I guess they, they don't want them in Pioneer, but they could preemptively ban them. Uh, and I think because of the rise of Arena, shuffling and like the time it takes to shuffle just isn't a problem anymore. Oh, it is. I still hate it. <laughs> we we have fetch lands in standard. Yeah, and it sucks. And I I hate having to wait. I, I hate having to crack them. I hate having to watch my opponent crack a fable passage. It, um, on yeah, arena, we, it we, you me. might, you might, but wizards clearly think that that's fine. Fetch lands, fetch lands are fine and standard. Or else we wouldn't have any. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I assume we're probably close to the to right somewhere. Like either they will just be. Um, the Maspie series again with Fetchlands, yeah. Or there'll be there'll probably be the the invocation, not the invocation, like the the uh, expedition arts, either like they were the first time, or in a collect booster, or like the hidden treasure thing, and they'll have some other cards in there as well. I assume yeah. that'll be what it's like. Cool. Yeah, All right. I would assume so. I mean, I feel like it has to yeah. be because they dimension stylized. Yeah. But yeah, I guess the, the other way you could do it is to put it in a reprint set, um, priced. At around, if not the same as the standard set, so you know, I, I feel mystery booster was probably the perfect opportunity to print them. Realistically, there's no reason they couldn't have been in that set as well. Yeah, that's the thing because it's not even just like they're because loads of the rares in that set are just like basically unusable and limited. Like yeah. if you opened, um, we'll, we will talk about mystery booster a little bit more in a bit. Um, but if you opened like a in your foil slot, you opened an amulet figure. There's no way you're putting that in your deck, right? Yeah, no way you're, you're drafting that. Um, so they could have just put like some like master sets of the perfect place, but blanks in the rare slot because someone opens them. Like, well, okay, I'm missing a card for a slot in my deck because I took a, 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 a card that's worth money rather than a card that's good for my deck, and that's fine. Yeah. So people do that with standard sets. People are in red, black, and then they, they open an euro, so they take an euro. It's yeah. fine to put blanks in in the rare slot, and they definitely could have done and. You know, that would have actually meaningfully affected the price, and not just like artificially inflated it by introducing different versions, which will hold a premium, and which therefore won't affect the price of the ones that are currently in the market. It's absurd. Yeah, absolutely. And even then, like I don't even think it would have brought the price down to a point where it would affect their their reprint equity because the size of the, because of the size of Mister Rooster is like six hundred sixteen hundred odd cards. Like yeah, yeah Mana Crypt's in the set, but Mana Crypt is not going to go below sixty pound. Yeah, it will for a time, and it, if you have some disposable income somehow, if you if you if it'll be that price for a look for for a time, and if you have some disposable income, um, buy some Mana Crypt. <laughs> that's yeah. it. That's your finance advice for the podcast because um, every time that gets reprinted, it's an excellent time to bring to to buy some copies, and then it will definitely go back up to higher than it was before. We saw that with the Tunnel Masters. Yeah. Um, if I had some disposable income right now, I'd definitely buy a couple of mana grips because they're an easy way to make a good chunk of cash in one go rather than like you know doing the small specs every now and again. Yeah. Cool. So do you want to move on to talk about distributions since we're there? Yeah, let's go. Sweet. I mean, we're going to touch on one last thing before we oh, do. Oh yeah. Let's talk about that box. Oh my god, the box. <laughs> so this is the other thing which apparently makes. Uh, a Secret Layer Ultimate Edition, A, an Ultimate Edition, and B, $165 at least, is this this massive display box that comes in. So it it feels very much reminiscent of that uh, Throne of Eldraine Deluxe Edition, where it's just, it's a huge box. It looks like it's going to be about the size of the the old holiday gift boxes. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it's going to make shipping an absolute nightmare, especially if you're doing yeah. it internationally. 
it looks huge. We haven't got dimensions of the box, but it, it looks massive. Yeah. And you open it up, and there you go. You've got the five little cards in the middle of the box. They come in a special plastic card case, and there's like a bit of foam which has like angled grooves, so you can you can display the cards. And where are you just? Display- if I who, who's gonna do that? If I go around to someone's house and they have an open secret lair fetchlands, just with the fetchlands sitting in there, like on their, I don't know, on some kind of dresser or on, on a sideboard somewhere, I'm leaving because they're probably a psychopath. <laughs> who does that? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and like, who does that with, with like? Fetch lands. Like I would understand if it's like I don't know. I don't know if you should, if you're displaying like five mocks and like that. Yeah, sure. But no, but even then, you should put them in a frame because one, yeah. then they won't get dust on them, and then two, they're not just out randomly like on the side. <laughs> like you could put them, like, you put them in a frame, and then they could be on the wall. Like it's such a weird thing to do. Um there is actually one more thing I wanted to bring up outside of the absurd box that it comes in that's going to make shipping a nightmare and looks just weird. Um, I'm trying to find the exact quote in the article. Secret Lair has so far been a fantastic success, and players are learning to love the drops that appeal to them. How did you find this before me? It's just above making fetch happen again. God damn it. There we go. Yeah, right. Uh, okay, I don't know how you're going to do that with the editing. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that phrasing was very, very funny. Players are learning to love the drops that appeal to them. Like, as if they're aware that people are just, like, sort of dislike this a lot. But they're just like, well, I guess this is what they're doing, so we're going to have to buy them. And not like, players are really excited, or players love uh, the the drops that appeal to them. Like, (laughs) learning to love it as if it's, like, a task. Like, it's (laughs) like it's a process you have to go through, like... Because it is. It really it, is. It is, but like them being aware of that, them that saying that is such a weird like little phrase to put in an article announcing one of your secret layers, trying to get people hype about it. Yeah. Oh, we, we know that we know that you don't actually like these, but you've learned to love them. I just thought that was very funny. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. If you want to take the lead on this one, since you've played. I didn't play. You didn't play Mystery Booster. No, but I opened a lot of boosties. Yeah. How was that? Uh, it was good fun. And then everyone realised that the cards weren't worth as much as we thought they were, but it was still fun. Yeah, absolutely. So I, like I said, I have been sort of self-isolating recently, so I did not get a chance to go out and play Mystery Booster. I Mm -hmm. I haven't opened any, I haven't purchased any, no matter how bad I really want to. Uh, Yeah, I've had zero interaction with them other than just simulating some drafts on drafts in. Yeah, yeah. I picked up two boxes because I am an idiot who likes opening boosters, and there were some commander cards in there that I wanted. And I acquired them, and now they're in my commander decks. And that is the best way to acquire cards for your commander deck. <laughs> I mean, it just looks super fun to open, to be fair. It was so sweet look, looking, through the, looking through the packs um, and finding cards. And like, still, because I, like, I vaguely knew what most of the cards were in there, but I was still surprised by like basically everything. Yeah. And it's, it's always fun like scouring the, the uncommon slots to see if there's actually anything good in there. Uh, I got one demonic cheer. Nice. <laughs> I was like paying very close attention to the black and common slot. I got one demonic cheer. Um, got like a foil viscerous here, which is cool because I've been looking for a foil viscerous here for ages, and they're now really cheap, which is unfortunate. But I couldn't find one for a reasonable price for ages. But I opened one, so that was cool. I got two Salvalas. I got two Queen Marchesas. I got no three Queen Marchesas. I got two Merins. I got three foil Fungusaurs. Nice. Which is the same slot as a lot of lots of expensive foils. <laughs> um, <laughs> there are a lot, a lot of duplicates. Which, when each card slot has a sheet, is kind of like, or like each sheet is, yeah, each card slot has a sheet is um, kind of upsetting to get three of a card. Yeah, <laughs> out I, of forty-eight. I, I think this might be an issue, at least with this first print run of it. Uh, it seems like a few it. Yeah. Things where people have opened like one or two boxes and they've just had like a multitude of duplicates. Yeah, I got a lot of duplicates. Not of the cards I wanted either. It wasn't like I got loads of demonic tutors or loads of, um, uh, like l- loads of viscerises and the slot that I wanted it in. Yeah. I, got, I got like Salvados, which I uh, moved for a, a profit, I guess, which is fine. Um, but yeah, like fungusaurs, and I got two foil marrows, and it's like of all the cards I could have got, I had to get these. It's just <laughs> kind. It's kind of annoying to get. And I, yeah, you know, I still, I still, I think got the got the the value out of them. Yeah, I mean, Queen Marchesa is like $20 each, so, yeah. No, it's not anymore. Nah, not the, yeah. not, not the mystery Oh, not the mystery one. Okay, that's yeah. fair. This is the thing. Like, and okay, is... Queen Marchesa is like $10 each, sure. Yeah, it wasn't when I, wasn't when I moved it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, well, am I going to... Uh, 
gonna open these, hopefully get the stuff that I want, and then uh, and then I'll be able to to, to move them because I'm doing it immediately, and I'll be one of the first people to post post about about them and, and, and get yep. rid of them. Um, but yeah, I, you know, there's some there's some cool cards in here. Um, I'm just gonna look through my pile now and see what I actually got because it was just it's just nice to like see all these cards and like open cool stuff. But there are some kind of feel bads. Yeah. Like I got I got two Murari conjectures, <laughs> like which I already own a lot of copies of. Um, and there's some kind of misses, but it's cool, like opening a pack and seeing like a foil funeral charm, or yeah. a foiled herald, herald, a foil herald of Lashrak, or a foil boreal druid. I got two delays. I got two Zers weirdings. I got two spike feeders. I got two glittering wishes. I got two. Um, what else did I get to? Have? Yeah, two marrows, um, uh, three Marari conjectures apparently, uh, two Balefire lieges. Um, only one Stormcrow. <laughs> uh, it is kind of bad opening a pack and seeing that your foil is a one with nothing. That does suck. Yeah, um, I can imagine. Two stunt doubles, which is fine. Uh, two Ever Halcyon Witness, which, if you don't know what that card does, there's probably a reason for that. Um, it's from Dominaria. I've played that card in draft a lot. Yeah, it's not the best card to be doing in this draft, it seems like. Um, yeah, oh god, I keep seeing Fungosaurs. Two Ancient Ziggurats, which is kind of cool, I guess. But, like, yeah, yeah, there were a lot of duplicates in these packs. Um, two spell tithe enforcers. Like, it just kind of feels. Yeah, I, I think there's been an error, error with this. this it looks like it. It, it. it really does. It really does seem like it, which is a shame. But, like, it's still, it was still fun to open the packs. I still I still got the value out of them. Um, and looking through the old pack. And it seems like people had a lot of fun drafting it. Like, people were really, really enjoying it. Yeah, um, definitely. It, it really looks like it's somewhere in between Chaos Draft and a cube. And I, I, I want to get my hands on it and play as soon as possible. I don't know when that'll be, but definitely the first chance I get I'm, I'm going to draft it because it looks incredible. Yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff you can do, like, you know, I saw people first picking Form of the Dragon <laughs> which, which is just like, but thing, the thing as well is like, because there's no, there's no way to solve this format realistically Yeah. Um, and there's no way and there's no way to play this competitively really outside of like prizes at FNM I guess if it was a release event um, so you can just have fun and do what you want and that's one of the one of the good th- cool things about playing cube or playing a chaos draft is you get to do the fun things yeah. and you, you know you get to open your bringer of the black dawn and be like I'm going to cast this on turn 5 because I have some fixing you know like it, it's, it, it, is, it has gone down I think as well as we thought it was going to go and it seems yeah. like all the people that were drafting it at GPs or Magic Fest I suppose um, were right in talking about how fun it was and it's also, you know, it's put a lot of cool reprints into the market, which is nice. It's put a lot of cool foils into the market that were very hard to attain. They're yeah. not worth anything, and I guess we should talk about that briefly, since you decided to make a video on the topic. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so that was that was one thing that I, I saw uh, pretty much right away on, like, Friday evening, Saturday morning, was, like, suddenly everybody was trying to sell all of their foils at like a ridiculous price or asking ridiculous prices for them based on the the prices of the set foils which obviously for a lot of them were, were very high you had like send triplets was like $150 uh, that, that was the big one um, like people but, selling like Teferi trying yeah. to sell Teferi's puzzle boxes for £30 and like try, trying to sell amulets for £30 and you're like no yeah, like <laughs> there are um, people are trying to sell like foil send triplets for like sixty pounds, fifty pounds, and yeah, I think a lot of people don't really understand how this product works. At least from a lot of things I've seen over the weekend. I um, think people also don't realise that when they go into StarCityGames.com and search for whatever card they want and see the listing, that that isn't the listing for Mystery Booster. Yeah, it's a listing for the card from in. I'm gonna have to remember. What set Centrobits is from? Alara Reborn? Alara Reborn, yeah. yeah. They're looking at the Alara Reborn printing. And, uh, uh, you know, you think how many mystery pieces were cracked. There are more foil amulet of vigors than there are non foil amulet of vigors from World Wake now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think this is the thing. I think people are so used to opening. Opening magic boosters and mystery boosters are nothing like magic boosters. The way the packs are laid out is like nothing else that we've, we've had before. We said each each slot has its own sheet, um, and specifically when it comes to the foils, the foil slot there is only one sheet, which means there are only one hundred and twenty one foils in the in the set. So your chance of getting one of any one hundred and twenty one foil is exactly the same as it is any other one hundred and twenty one foil. Yeah, which is why it's annoying that I got two fungosaurs. Three fungosaurs. Yeah. 
yeah, so if you if you look at like the the amount of boosters that have been opened compared to something like like modern masters where you would have like I don't know like a handful at the most of like desirable foils per box. This one you're gonna have probably twenty four desirable foils per box. There are far less like modern masters was 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 something I compared the set to in my video because that was something that I saw quite a bit of people thinking that oh this is gonna work like the master set like it it doesn't like modern masters twenty seventeen had two hundred and forty nine cards. It also had 249 foils, so that's double the amount of foils in Mystery Booster for a starter. And then on top of that, the foils appeared at pretty much the same rate that any one of the cards would would do typically. So you are more likely to open a foil common than you were like a foil rare. You're looking at like one foil rare per box on Modern Master sets. Uh, with with this, like I said, every, everything, everything's at the same rarity, everything's mythic. Yeah. And uh, I think this is sort of it, it's symptomatic of people not really understanding how magic card prices work anyway. They just sort of they they go onto their yeah. preferred website, which often still in the UK, Star City Games for some reason, and their prices are not accurate of what cards being traded at in Europe. And maybe that's a, 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 a section for a, another episode of this podcast where I just get angry about people trying to sell expensive cards at Star City Games prices or buy expensive cards at Star City Games prices when their price in Europe is completely different. But yeah. it's just they look at the price and go, well, that's how much that's worth, and they're not thinking about why that might be. And you don't have to put a lot of effort... Like, I'm not very good at MT, like magic finance, but I have the bare-bones understanding that informs the, the price. And I, and I I don't use it effectively. <laughs> I just acquire a bunch of foil cards from my EDH, my EDH deck, which they will reprint at some point. But it, it's just sort of... You go on to it's it's why people were like, um, just going on to start City Games. We're like, oh yeah, um, I'll I'll buy your foil Teferi's puzzle box for thirty pounds. I'm like, I mean, you can, but it's worth about three. Or like, <laughs> I'll I'll buy your foil Grass Grimoire for twelve pounds. Okay, you can, but it's a pound. Like, because they weren't because these the, these websites hadn't updated the listings, they hadn't got the mystery booster listings, uh, and they were just looking at, at the price and just not applying any critical thought and and thinking like, so um, we were. Uh, selling the boxes for £85 each, which I realise now is a very, very good price, especially considering all the stock has dried up, and the booster packs individually for £4 each, which is still very, very good. Um, and people weren't even thinking, like, okay, well, how can... So this person's opened a box, and they've opened, like... If they were the set foils, they've opened, um, like, 10 cards that are, like, absurd value out of an £85 booster box. How could that... Yeah. Like, they're not even applying that sort of critical, critical thought to, well, that can't possibly be real. You Like... It's, I think it's it it's I think it's it's sort of twofold. It's a combination of that, and also they don't understand this product. They don't understand that it's not just like a regular booster pack. That these things, like the rarities in these sets, don't work anything like the like any other magic product does. It seems like people just didn't know anything about this set at all because people kept asking who had yeah. opened a foil mana crypt. I'm like, foil mana crypt isn't in this set. So, yeah. Or like, oh, I it's like, or people on the trade group were like, oh, I'm looking for an amulet of vigor, and people were like, oh, I've got got the foil one from Mystery Boost. I'm like, oh, I'm looking for a non-foil from Mystery Boost. I'm like, that that doesn't exist. Yeah. And people didn't know, seemed to know anything about this product um, until it dropped, and then we sold loads of them because people saw people opening them and were like, what? This value is clearly absurd. And then opening it, and then actually looking up the proper price after I berated them for ten minutes about <laughs> how their foil centrips isn't the the find of the century in their booster pack, and realizing that the value wasn't actually there that much. It was still good, yeah. like it's still okay to open and flip, yeah. like a lot of the time, but it's not there as much as you think it is. Yeah, I, I fully, I fully think it it is perfectly fine to buy a box and crack the box. It looks like it's going to be a unique. Well, like it should be a unique opening experience every time. Um, I mean, it actually wasn't for me. I don't think <laughs> that, 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 that's what I mean. I've, yeah. I've seen a few boxes where it just it doesn't look like it's the case. But yeah, yeah I, I think realistically, this should be a cool, fun, unique opening experience every time. But I, ideally, you just want to draft this set, buy a box, buy multiple boxes, and just draft it with some friends. Yeah, I mean, I open them because I like to do that, and I am aware that that's not a good decision to make in terms of, you know interacting with, with sealed magic product but it's what i like to do um but i would <laughs> i would advise against it i mean if you're wanting to make money with magic cards it's, it, there's always a better way than uh, than buying and opening booster boxes because you're just you're more likely to lose money than you are to make money yeah but like you know it, it, it's 
there's a lot of cool cards in here. Like, there's a lot of cool command. Like, I'm just I'm looking through the pile and like, um, there's you know like a um, a dark steel mutation and um, uh, Mizzix mastery and Kasali pride mage and rage reflection and boom pile and you know loads of cool cards like a foil lightning storm. Uh, Laboratory medics in here. Like, there's loads of cool cards in here. So if you just wanted to like randomly increase your collection, but like pick up some cards to command the deck, so loads of cool things in here. But uh, I don't. Yeah, I just don't think people understand the set and understand. Yeah, uh, yeah how it, it impacts the general <sighs> magic ecosystem. They also don't seem to see like it's just it is it is just people not understanding the way that value in magic sets works uh, and like it, how prices are dictated they're just like well this is how much this is like, well have you thought about why that might be how much that is like why like uro is pretty much the only card that's worth anything out of theros beyond death have you ever like thought about that for more than a minute rather than just being like well star city game says that this is how much the, cri- the card is so therefore that's how much the card is that's not how it works just yeah. and again my final point is just if you're trading in europe or in the UK, just check Magic Card Market because those are how much the cards are being currently bought and tra- well, not currently, I guess, <laughs> internationally. But uh, those how, how much the cards are being bought and sold for at the time, and the the price is dictated by sales and purchases, not just Star City Games applying an arbitrary number to a card. Yeah, like it's just it's frustrating to to see that. Um, a lot of the time, and your cards are not worth as much as you think they are, <laughs> unfortunately. But also, if you hold on long enough, I'm sure they'll get back up there. Yeah, again. this is the thing. The same, same with the mana crypt. Like it's just it, it will be sixty pounds for a while, and then it will go back up to far higher than it was because people want to own mana crypts, and then there are more in the market. So like, oh, I'll buy a mana crypt, and then everyone has mana crypt, so you need to buy a mana crypt. Yeah, and every mag- every magic player plays commander. Every commander deck could use a mana crypt. Unfortunately, I believe that is true, though it is yeah. against my personal philosophy. Yeah. Same with Demonic Tutor. <laughs> Demonic Tutor would... Every command deck would be better if you put Demonic Tutor in it, but I choose not to play it. Unless I'm putting it in my Croxa deck, because my Croxa deck is really good if I have Waste Knot, and really, really bad if I don't have Waste Knot. So I open a Demonic Tutor and put it in the Croxa deck, <laughs> because I need to find Waste Knot, otherwise it's bad. Someone who's listening to this will have found that interesting on some level. I'm aware that that was basically like speaking a different language to you. And on that note, I think that's <laughs> all we have time for this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds well right. If you want to hit me up on, or hit us up on social media, tell us your thoughts on the coronavirus panic. It's it is real. Uh, stay safe. Let us know what you think about Fetchlands. <laughs> what would you put in that box? Hit us up on Twitter. We are at hrfdcast, facebookcom slash devastation. Uh, we also on patreon.com slash hour devastation if you've enjoyed anything this week and you'd like to give back in a monetary value tiers start from as little as one dollar per month that's roughly 20 to 25 cents per episode yeah we understand it's a kind of difficult time in terms of money but if you do have any spare spare money it would be massively appreciated it's there are uncertain times and anything else we you know that we'd get we, we would greatly appreciate um, you can find the podcast on Spotify and SoundCloud and iTunes slash Apple Podcasts if you want to find me on my own personal social media you can find me on Twitter I'm at PeachGardenOaf that's Oaf with an F Facebook I'm Joe Loudon I'm in pretty much any of the magic groups or check me out on YouTube I'm YouTube I'm also PeachGardenOaf there uh, you can check out my video about mystery Wooster foils uh, since I'm self-isolating I guess for the next two weeks you will absolutely find me posting more content up there i'll probably do some vintage cube drafts as well they'll be on up there oh hell yeah uh, yeah check it out it's gonna be fun oh yeah get me get me in those videos absolutely get, get me do. get me watching your picks let me yeah. know when you're doing it and I'll, i'm definitely in um awesome. yeah uh, if, if you are looking for a slightly more long form and well thought out version of that conversation we just had at the end of the podcast definitely go check out that video explaining those things because it is it's is like interesting stuff to know and it will inform how you interact with magic and you know buying and trading cards I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, if you want to find me, I am on Twitter at snail69. Nice. Thank you. I have also actually been on Facebook in the magic groups just shouting at people about how their cards aren't worth as much as they thought they were. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I posted it twice because I posted it and then because people were selling their cards for too much and I was like, okay, I'll just let people know. You know, maybe people don't know and it's, you know, 
you have to know a little bit to actually understand that. And then people kept doing it and were like trying to sell cards for like absurd prices. And I was like, please, <laughs> please, <laughs> just just spend more than four seconds checking the price of your card. Yeah, there there are some interesting times in the world of Magic right now, for sure. There are always sure. some interesting takes on the UK Magic groups. So I'm always I'm always <laughs> looking at the interesting takes. Awesome. So once again, we are approaching the second hour. The Godfarer has returned, so we'll see you again next week on Power of Devastation.